Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today with Malika Andrews, live from Los Angeles. Coming up on NBA Today, where could we see Damian Lillard land after requesting a trade this past weekend? Our Adrian Wojnarowski, he is the latest coming out of Portland. And speaking of trades, James Harden's future, it is also a little bit uncertain here. Could we still see him in a Sixers jersey next season? Bobby Marks, he maps out the potential trades for the beard. Plus, are the Suns the biggest threat to the throne in the West after adding another shooter to the mix? We discuss that and so much more. NBA Today starts right now. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome to NBA Today. Malika Andrews, Ramona Shelburne, Richard hey. Jefferson with you this fine Monday. But we start our show today in Minnesota because our Adrian Wojnarowski this morning reported that Anthony Edwards and the Timberwolves, they have agreed to a new five-year, $260 million deal here for Ant. So I just want to show you some of his numbers here. Edwards, he scored 4,871 career points. That's the fourth most in the NBA. That's before turning 22 behind only LeBron James. Kevin Durant and Carmelo Anthony. So, Ramona, we've seen Anthony Edwards statistically. He has improved every single season in basically yeah. every category. We're talking about points. We're talking about rebounds. We're talking about assists, steals, blocks, field goal percentage, three-point percentage. So what's your reaction to the Timberwolves signing him long-term? Well, I mean, it, he is such a success story because when he came into the league, he'd really just started playing basketball. It's only He hasn't been playing his whole life. He was a football player. And so for him to go from where he's been over the last few years to get a max contract is really impressive in the first few years of his career. And then I got to say this. They got three max contracts on the Timberwolves now. And when you're paying three players at the maximum, that's Rudy Gobert, that's Carl Anthony Towns, and now Anthony Edwards, that's a very expensive team to be losing in the first round in five games. Well, they weren't totally healthy, so I guess that's the question now. What do you think about the direction this Timberwolves organization is going in, Rich? Well, to me, Anthony Edwards is the face of the organization, right? I know Carl Anthony Towns is still that dude, number one pick, all of the things. It's no disrespect, but I think when you're looking at this and you look at who can we move if, if something doesn't work out, so I think the clock is definitely on the Timberwolves. But as far as Anthony Edwards, if it, whatever the max extension is, he deserves the max extension. He's the number one pick, rookie of the year, got better every single year in every statistical category. He is that dude, right? And they've been to the postseason. So for me, Anthony Edwards, back up the Brinks truck, get every dollar that you can. That's fine. Everything else is now up in flux. He is right. not. So we, we've all talked about how long did they give this group, okay? And as you mentioned, they were not all healthy last year. Carl Towns missed a lot of the season with that torn calf injury. Um, even in the even the last yeah, stretch. Even in the right? last stretch. I mean, we had punching punch walls. And, yeah. <laughs> it was, that, was a, that was a tough way to head into the playoffs. But I think the, the sense is they want to give this group a year. They want to give this okay. group this season to play together. The, uh, we've, we've talked about the second apron enough. I don't have Zach's apron here, but. I do. Oh, we can you, get it you got it? Yeah. Okay, it would look like a bib on me. It doesn't matter. <laughs> match with the red but 
if, if you, th this group, though, has one year because the whole the league has one year. You have one year to really see what you have before you have to make some very tough financial decisions. Let's bring Kendrick Perkins into this conversation, if we could, in just a little bit. He's, he said he's going to be ready in just a little bit. He's having a bit of an audio issue ah, here. Course, uh, course. But, Rich, if Ramona is saying give them a year, what are you looking for in this year? When you have three centers on your roster, when you have three max players on your roster, what are you looking for as a marker of success? Well, it's a, it's a little confusing when you talk about, uh, you know, uh, you know, Nas Reed, right? So he's a power forward center. When you And, and then when you kind of add Carl Anthony Towns, we know he's very similar to Anthony Davis. He prefers to play the four, doesn't necessarily want to play the five and have to bang and, be, and deal with all that. So you bring in Rudy Gobert so that there's a natural position for him to be in, right? Very similar when Anthony Davis had, you know, Dwight. Howard and JaVel McGee like you want some bigs to make your power forward most comfortable so I, I, I think yes they are front court heavy but ultimately one year show us improvement when you think about the Memphis Grizzlies obviously last year was tough this year but there was improvement every year that we're going to invest in this core I think this core especially with Anthony Edwards but until he becomes the number one most important player on mm. your team I think there's still going to be this kind of you know power balance battle is it Carl Anthony Towns is it him it is no longer a false alarm. Kendra Perkins is oh. ready to join us, as well as Zach Lowe, as we say hello to oh, hey, both. I'm going to start with you here, Perk. Uh, Anthony Edwards, he gets the bag. Your reaction? As expected. As expected. Look, Anthony Edwards, we already know he's a generational talent. And I know we throw that, I throw that out there a lot, but I'm serious about this one when it comes down to him. But when I look at Anthony Edwards, I think bigger than just the franchise. Yes, this is a loud statement, 260 million reasons why they have handed him the keys to the vehicle. But I think about as LeBron James started to get older from about the age of 36, every single year we've been searching for that one guy to put as the face of the league, whether it was Luka, Jai, Giannis, Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, we've been searching. And I think, you know, when you look at Anthony Edwards, the way he he conducted him, he, he conducts himself off the floor, the smile, the charisma. Um, you know, he's you could brand him, he's marketable. And how he delivers on the floor as well, Minnesota really got a special one. A special one that actually could take over that role of actually being the face of the league for a long time. Zach, your thoughts here. There are certain contracts that are hard to negotiate. You want to wrangle with this detail and that one. This is not one of those contracts. <laughs> give Anthony Edwards everything. Give him every, every good bonus you can give him. The, the question of who's the face of the Minnesota Timberwolves is over. It's Anthony Edwards. This dude averaged 32 points in the playoffs last year, 28 for his brief career. He is absolutely fearless, not afraid of the biggest moments and the biggest shots. He can score from all three levels. And I think maybe the most exciting part of Anthony Edwards, well, maybe not the most exciting, the dunks are the most exciting. But he has potential to be almost as good on defense as he already is on offense. And he's talked about that before. On the ball, he is already a menace. We've seen them put him on John Morant in the playoffs and do a damn good job of it. When he cleans up his off-ball defense and when he gets into his playmaking gear a little bit more, he's only 21 years old, I think, he is going to be an absolute super-duper star. This is the easiest move for the Timberwolves, and it might be the only easy move they have to make because they're paying three right. centers a gazillion dollars, <laughs> and they still have to pay Jaden McDaniels, yep, yep. and they just can't have all five of these guys making this much money long term but this 
They're lucky to have this guy. He was the right pick at number one. He's an absolute super duper star in every possible way. Super duper star. I love that. Yeah, they'd be in the luxury tax with just those yeah. five players. So some decisions that are going to need to be made here. But let's shift now to the Pacific Northwest because Damian Lillard, he officially asked out of Portland on Saturday. That's after 11 seasons. Now, Lillard, he was a seven-time All-Star with the franchise. Seven times he made an All-NBA team. And remember last season, he averaged a career-high 32.2 points per game. That would be the most points in a season by a player to start the next season on a new team in NBA history. Now, the big move here for the Blazers that we saw to open up free agency, Jeremy Grant signing that five-year, $160 million deal. So, Ramona, I turn to you here. Yeah. Now that we are, what, two days removed yeah. from Lillard officially asking out, where do things stand? So, things are, are fine right now, but they could head in the direction of uncomfortable pretty soon because this is a question of value. Dame, Dame Lillard has made it pretty clear where he wants to go. Miami is his strong preference. There's also a respect for the Spurs organization and the Brooklyn Nets, and so that's limiting where Portland could potentially trade him if they want to abide by his wishes. Hmm. But the Portland Trailblazers also have to survey the whole league and, and get a sense of what is the best return for Damian Lillard. This is a guy who is an All-NBA player, even, even when he sits the last 17 games of the season, still made third-team All-NBA. Yep. And let's say the best offer comes outside of those three teams, and, and they feel that they need to do that for their franchise. How is that going to sit with Dame Lillard? Does he say, I I'm just not going to go there? Is he going to just stay home in the new 25,000-square-foot house he just built in Portland? Does he say things publicly that make it very uncomfortable for a, tra for a team mm -hmm. that might want to trade for him? And so we're not there yet, but we're heading in that direction. We're heading in the direction that we could see if this doesn't go the way that Damian Lillard wants to, which we all know at this point is Miami, him potentially sitting out if he's traded to another team. That's the direction we could be heading in, just to make sure I'm clear, Ramona. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if, if teams are if, if he ends up going to a place where they choose to negotiate with teams that he doesn't want to go to, okay. this could be a very uncomfortable situation. I've sort of pressed on this, and, and the sense I get is you know, he's, he's not there yet. It's only two days into this. Sure. But, um, you know, Dame Lillard was doing events in Portland yesterday. He was doing an event at McKinleyville High School yeah. at his dealership there. He has a nice house. I think he's planning on living there even after he gets traded if they, were, if they are to oblige this trade request. But this is a – the market is limited here for the Trailblazers. And they, as, as my, our colleague Adrian Wojnarowski has reported, they're fielding offers from all over the league. And so we'll see how that plays out because Dame Lillard doesn't have a no-trade clause. LeBron James doesn't have a no-trade clause. Giannis Antetokounmpo doesn't have a tra no-trade clause. The reason why the only person in the league who has that is Brad Beal is most stars believe, like, you're not going to trade for a superstar who doesn't want to play for your team. Right. Well, let's see. So, Richard, I thought you ended our show on Saturday. All the days are blending together at this point on the absolute perfect note. It is so rare that everybody on a panel, fans, all, all of us sitting here in studio, can all sit around and say, you know what? Good for Dave. You can't fault him. He gave it, To have that happen to a superstar who is requesting a trade is so incredibly rare. So I, I guess my question is, do the Trailblazers owe it to Damian Lillard to, to trade him to where he wants to go? Well, I, they don't owe it to him particularly in that sense. But I will say this. Every player in the NBA is watching. Every team, every fan is watching. The Portland Trailblazers have a history of being very good to their players, right? It's a great place to play. It's a great organization. If you look at over the last 30 years, they are typically a very good team, very respectable playoff team going back to, you know, the Sabonis days and the Scottie Pippen days. And then you can go to LaMarcus Aldridge and the Brandon Roy. Then you got Dave. They've always been a very consistent franchise. But beware. 
if one of the one of the staples of your organization has set out, he set out the last 72, 17 games, as Ramona said, he was probably healthy. He's probably healthy. Let's just say that. He's having a career year. But they go to Dame and say, hey, Dame, if you sit down, we can get a good draft pick. We can trade that to improve the team. There's a lot of, maybe we get the number one pick in Victor Webinyama. Well, all of a sudden, they don't get that. They get the third pick, and they draft a small guard to be right next to him, similar to Anthony Simon, similar to C.J. McCollum, and he's not on the, on the same timeline. So to me, the Portland Trailblazers better be very careful how they handle this. Zach, where do you fall on this, knowing that potentially a team like Miami doesn't necessarily have the best package outright? Do they still owe that to Damian Lillard? Well, first of all, what they owe Damian Lillard right now is like $200 million over the next four seasons because of an extension that they agreed to. So they've taken care of Damian Lillard financially. Um, now, the lottery that Richard Jefferson brings up, when they moved up to third in the draft, that changed everything for the Blazers. Mm. It, it gave them access to a prospect that they just couldn't pass up, and no one, for all the blame that the Blazers are taking for not making a trade on draft night, no one has come to me off the record, on the record anywhere, with a deal that was actually on the table for them that would have made sense for them to do. As far as where he goes now, they don't really owe it to Damian Lillard, but I think they feel that they probably should do right by him. Yeah. He feels they should probably do right by him. And I think ultimately they will. I think what's happening right now is, yes, they're canvassing the league. That's the Blazers' job. They should do that. But another thing that's happening parallel to that is canvassing the league for, if we don't think Miami has enough for us, is there some way we can spin something that Miami has, like Tyler Hero, into stuff we like better than that? And just, yes, maybe we do end up sending you to Miami, but are there creative ways we can wring as much stuff out of them that makes sense for us as, as possible? And the last thing I'll say is, you know, we hear a lot, Richard just said it, about this idea that, well, the Blazers need to make sure they keep their reputation pristine by taking care of Damian Lillard. That's a really interesting topic to investigate. I'm not sure that actually pays off for teams mm -hmm. in the long run. Like the Blazers have had this pristine reputation. No free agents ever go there. Nobody wants to go there anyway. I don't, I'd like to go back in history and see a case of teams actually benefiting from taking care of players X, Y, and Z down the line. I'm not convinced that that's a real thing. We're still so early in this saga, so much left to unfold between Damian Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers and where he could be headed next. Perk, we're going to get your thoughts a little bit later in the show. Still to come on NBA Today, the new-look Suns. I mean, they look poised to really make a championship push here, but are they the biggest threat to the Nuggets here in the West? I don't know. There's some interesting, some interesting discussion to be had there. And then, as of now, James Harden still a 76er. Could they decide to keep the former MVP instead of trading him. I don't know why my voice went up like six octaves on Keith, but there we go. Plus, today, it's the official start of Summer League, so it's only right that we're going to do a little top of the top best of Summer League plays ever. More NBA Today after the break. Ooh. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. 
Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. The blockbuster in the NBA. The Suns are finalizing a trade for all-star guard Bradley Beal. I mean, he's a Hall of Fame all-star. Call him just a scorer is diminishing who he is. There's no in-between with this team. It's either you're getting to an NBA Finals and winning a championship, or this is going to be deemed a major, major disappointment. something we know. We know the Suns are going to have plenty of offensive firepower next season. Just look at this. This is the sixth time a team has added a 20-point scorer to a team that already had a pair of 25-point scorers. And you can see some of the legendary names involved in those prior instances on your screen. So back here with the entire panel, Zach Lowe, Ramona Shelburne, Richard Jefferson, Kendrick Perkins. And Zach, I want to start with you here because the Suns, they've had a pretty hot offseason. But with all of their moves, are they the biggest threat to dethrone Denver in the West? It's still too early to say, but I think there's going to be a lot of depth in the Western Conference. I think Phoenix has a claim. The Lakers, with their offseason moves, have a claim. The Warriors are still there. The Kings got better, and on and on and on. I think I'd probably lean Suns right now just because of the firepower, but, but... I think the Lakers roster makes a little more sense and is a little more well-rounded. And that's why I keep going back to one guy on Phoenix. And it's DeAndre Ayton. Because he is their roadmap to a workable defense, to rim protection, to rebounding, to interior scoring, to the kind of balance that I think you just have to have if you're going to win three playoff series in the West. And I think the Lakers, with Anthony Davis and LeBron James, as long as they're healthy, they have that kind of inside-outside balance on both ends of the floor. And I think just no matter how much scoring firepower you have, no matter how much pick-and-roll firepower you have, and the Suns have more of that than anybody, I think you need that balance. So I'd lean Suns, but I'm looking at Ayton and what they can get out of Ayton, either from him from rehabbing him, from him and Frank Vogel working together, or down the line if they trade him, what they get for him. Park? Let's not overthink this for the last time. Yes, they are the biggest threat to the Denver Nuggets. Like they, Bradley Bill, Kevin Durant, and Devin Booker. Can we all let that sit in for a second and think about who the hell they are and what the hell they done, done in this league? That's the first thing. Second of all, I believe that DeAndre Ayton will come back a better basketball player because of Frank Vogel. He didn't get along with Monty Williams. I think they did a serious upgrade with getting Eric Gordon at the veteran minimum coming in off the bench. We forget about another guy that they have on the bench over there, Damian Lee. He actually won the championship with Golden State and actually played some key moments in that postseason when they actually won it. And then I go down to Frank Vogel. Frank Vogel, one of the most underrated coaches in the game because we look at what happened with the Lakers towards the end and 
I didn't. I still to this day, and I'm standing on it. He shouldn't deserve to lose his job. But think about what he did with that group, with the White Howard and Rondo and LeBron and AD down in the bubble. They won a, a championship. And then you go down to when he had Paul George in Indiana with Roy Hibbert and those guys. They actually could have won the championship, in my opinion. But they actually just met up with the Heat. And the Heat was standing in their way. So they have put a great group together. They have the right coach there. They have the right assistants in place. They have everything going into training camp that they need. And it's going to be hard to stop this team every single night in the seven-game series. So I made the mistake of picking the Memphis Grizzlies last year to break through. And I'm going to do it again. <laughs> All right. I love what they did. I love what they did in getting Marcus Smart. I mean, that the, and Derek Rose to be the veterans in that locker room. But Marcus Smart is going to be a good player for them. And I think that, that me, I know we all talk about all the headlines out of Memphis have been bad lately, right, with John Moran, the suspension, and all that. He's going to be back. And this team was on the verge of a breakthrough two years ago. Last year, obviously, they had some growing pains. They had John Moran's situation and injuries. But they listened to what everyone said, which is that you need some leadership. And they went out and got two great leaders. The idea of Derrick Rose coming back to Memphis where he played his college ball and Marcus Smart now in that backcourt, I love what the Grizzlies did. Uh, no, I, I still think it's the Lakers, in my opinion. They went to the Western Conference Finals, and they are exponentially better than they were last year. That's just the fact. When, when Zach said, it's the roster construction. If you look at over the past few champions, it's been roster construction. That's been the key. It hasn't been the top-heavy super teams that we saw in Golden State, that we saw in Cleveland or Miami. No, it's been Toronto, well-built. It's been Milwaukee, well-built. It's been Denver now, well-built. The Lakers are building a well-built team very similar to what they had in 2020. They have depth across the board they have shooting across the board they have wing three and d across the board so yes they are a threat i don't think the phoenix suns are done i think a lot of these teams aren't done but the lakers are done and if i'm looking at a finished product mm. right now the lakers have the quote unquote best finished product to start the season i like what the lakers did i feel like beal booker gordon durant and eight no as a closing lineup that is nasty. You got to get the close. Gotta see, you, but you got to see how it's going to look on defense. Oh, really quick here, though, Zach. Uh, the Nuggets. I feel like we're talking about who's who's yeah. going to dethrone the Nuggets. Blah, 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 blah. They've been a little bit quiet in free agency. They lost Jeff Green. They lost Bruce Brown. They kept DeAndre Jordan. They kept Reggie Jackson. They added Justin Holiday. What do you make of their lack of moves here? This is what happens when you get really good and really expensive and you don't want to pay too much luxury tax or go through the aprons. You have to shed players. Championship teams have done it before. When the Heat let go of Mike Miller, that was kind of the beginning of the end in terms of LeBron's loyalty to that franchise. That was a cost-cutting move. It happens. They will miss Bruce Brown a lot. Yep. He wasn't just part of their closing lineup. He was their backup point guard. But this is why you draft Christian Brown. This is why you draft Peyton Watson, who yep. they're super high on. They just got three picks in the last draft in the top 35 or 36. They're going to just have to get those reinforcements ready to go because ultimately it's about the three or four best players on the team. And as long as those guys are healthy, the continuity they have, the chemistry they have, I still think they have to enter as favorites. Right. It's about whether or not Christian Brown and Peyton Watson, they can play with Jamal. Can Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic, that duo, elevate them the way they elevated Bruce Brown and Jeff Green? Is that is that right, Perk? 
Well, his, yeah, that is right. But this is why it's going to be so hard for teams to repeat. It's hard to repeat and win the championship. It's hard to build the dynasty because you're going to lose players. And I go back to the time we won the championship in 2008, and I praise him so much in James Posey. But when we lost James Posey, we took him for granted. Mm -hmm. And when I look at Bruce Brown, that was more than just a valuable piece. Forget the shots and things to that nature. He bought so much that I'm telling you, it's going to come back and haunt the Denver Nuggets. Well, he paid himself into a bag. We know that. Bruce Brown did. All right, still to come on our show, we have the latest on James Harden's future in Philadelphia. Did he make a mistake opting into his final year? We discuss. And, whoo. Did you see this over the weekend, Richard Jefferson? I ain't seen nothing. Players, they got paid this weekend. New they, contracts for LaMelo Ball. Yeah, they got what they deserve. It's good to be young. They the got what they, they, they got every penny that they earned. Plus, speaking of getting paid, Dylan Brooks, he is headed to Richard Jefferson's Houston Rockets with all of their <laughs> new additions. Are they a playoff, play-in, or play-out team? NBA Today back after this. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. I'm told that James Harden is seriously considering a return to Houston. I'm here. We're, we're playing very, very well. And yeah, I don't know where the report came from. Philadelphia win without Embiid. Sizing up Harper. It's a three. What a perfect way to end the second round. Game seven between the Celtics and the Sixers. This is disappointing. A disappointing ending for the Sixers. The season is over, so... Sums it up right there. He has the option to be a free agent. Scenario A would be to bring James back. Adrian Wojnarowski is reporting that James Harden is picking up his player option with the Sixers. James Harden has likely played his last game in Philadelphia. Welcome back to NBA Today. So that is all the backdrop to this. Last week, James Harden, he opted into his final year with the Philadelphia 76ers, choosing against free agency with the hope that they would eventually trade him. But Ramona, I guess we have to start here. Was it a mistake, do you think, for Harden opting into his contract? Did that limit options here? Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think it, a, I mean, it locked him into getting $35 million this year, but it took him out of doing an extension with either the Sixers or any team he's traded to. And you have to think about what they would really have offered him had he waited a little longer, had he waited till free agency. My, my sense is it probably would have been 
two to three years, maybe the third year is a team option, but let's say it's 30 million a year. That's still, let's just conservatively say it's around $90 million. You have to make that back now. And you're going to hit free agency at the age of 35 next year. Mm. So whether that's in Philly, whether that's after a trade to another team, 35-year-old free agents, it's hard to make another the, over the next two years. Can he make that back? And I think just opting into that contract without another team that you have set up or without this idea that you can do an extension, that's tough. Perk, where do you fall on this? He has made some horrible decisions over the last three years. And it, it comes back, can you put us on the five box? Because I want to have an open box <laughs> discussion since I can't be at the desk. But it comes back to what Richard was bringing up the other day. And he said, what do James Harden want? He obviously don't want money because he didn't turn down a deal from Houston and the Brooklyn Nets. Do he want a championship? I don't. We don't know if he want that because he left KD, and now he was trying to. Now he's trying to leave Joel and B, which I believe is his best chance at winning the championship. So my advice to James would be, like Ramona just said, you're 35. You're, you're going to be 35. Your best option, and I feel like Philly has all the leverage because you can't get a disgruntled James Harden at this point. Mm. He has to come in and perform. So I would keep him. I would play the cards. I would run it back. I would see if he would buy into what Nick Nurse is saying in that locker room and just go from there. Richard, what do you think? <laughs> Perk left your speech. I know, Perk, no, I know. I'm saying Perk's all saying, right. hanging together no, it's, here. It's, 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 I don't know what James Harden wants. I, I don't know James personally. I'm a fan of his game. I've played against him for years, but I don't know what James wants. Nobody wants. Like Perk said, does he want money? He turned down a $100 million extension or maybe more from Houston. He turned down a $150 million three-year extension. He would have probably been close to the highest paid player in the NBA, if not the highest paid player. And then look, if Kyrie wasn't working out or some situation, you trade Kyrie, you fill it up, you're still paired to Kevin Durant. And who you know? Okay, fine. I don't want to go there. I want to go to Philly. Okay, you're paired with the MVP. And now, again, there are probably things behind the scenes, whether it's broken promises, different things that we don't know about. So I'm not putting this 100% on James Harden. But if you turn down a quarter of a billion dollars over the next two years or over the past two seasons, and now all of a sudden you're stuck in a $35 million situation with a team that can't extend you anymore, you're going to be disgruntled. There's no there's no way. There, we know who James Harden is. So to me, I don't know what he wants. I'm looking forward to sitting back, watching it play out, and then talking about it. Well, Zach, what do you think? Do you think that James Harden's <laughs> relationship with the 76ers, is it salvageable? Look, I'm going to try to be more positive. I'm trying to be more positive Please in life. Yeah. So let me try to preface this. <laughs> let me preface this with a couple of things. Number one, I thought James Harden should have been an all-star last year, and he would have been an all-NBA yep. on my ballot had he not missed the last part of the season. Fair. I thought he was great. As far as wanting out of Brooklyn, I think that all goes back to Kyrie Irving's decision not to get vaccinated and the ripple effects that had on the team. That said, James Harden opted into his contract. Mm -hmm. He signed a document that said, I am a member of the Philadelphia 76ers. I get paid $35 million, but I'm a sixer. That signature hitting the paper gave more control of the situation to the Philadelphia 76ers. And right now, I don't sense a huge amount of activity in the James Harden trade market. I don't sense a lot of teams making aggressive offers to the Sixers. I don't sense a whole lot of anything really going on out there right now. It feels like kind of a stalemate to me. Maybe Ramona can contribute some more reporting on that after I'm done here. But I will say this, after that you're done. stalemate, 
that inact that inactivity I'm sorry to say that that's kind of the price you pay for mm. the last memory of James Harden every season is a bad elimination game for his team Ooh. a flame out in an elimination game that combined with his age he's getting up there now in years and the fact that any team that gets him now why would they trust him not to ask out after a year, to grow disgruntled after a year or two years? This is the pattern now that's established itself, and I think James is kind of paying the price in the trade market for all the stuff that's happened over the last three or four years, even though some of it, like I mentioned with the Brooklyn situation, was not ultimately or originating with his fault anyway. I, uh, again, well, I thank can't... thank you for being positive. Yeah, that was very positive. <laughs> I can't speak for James. <laughs> But what it's looking like right now to me, just to me, is that there's been a bunch of very, I don't want to say bad decisions, but very curious decisions. Mm. And now you could be looking in your rearview mirror and saying, like, I gave up $150 million. I gave up $200 million. Now I got to figure it out. So your decision-making sometimes moving forward is because you're looking back in that rearview mirror and you're upset about it. That's, to me, what I'm seeing because he's too great of a player. He's too talented. The market is small. He's 35. What else is there? So there's this concept of a sunk cost, this idea that you make a decision and then because you made one decision, you spend your whole time getting back to that. So if you turn that money down in Brooklyn, all that money that he left on the table there, yeah. there's this comparison each year of, oh, I got to get back to that. Well, it's not what I would have made. And I think there was an expectation when he was traded from Brooklyn to Philadelphia that he was going to make back what he did not sign for in Brooklyn. And that's where I think a lot of this disgruntled feeling has come from. But as one person in Philly said to me the other day, this is not a Ben Simmons situation. Yeah. This is the longer this goes on, the more chance they have to coax him back to 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 repair the relationship. And I think that's already been started to happen in Philadelphia with James Harden. There has to have been an element that could have, would have, should have. But also, Ramona, last year when you look back to him taking less money, he did that in part because he said he wanted to help the team. He wanted to be able to have yep. them have more options to go out and get more depth to be able to sign. So now I was told to him by them. Decisions. They told him that. Yep. Now do this. We'll decisions. take care of you they Look rattle around in the back of your head hey dame we'll take care of you don't That's worry right. just sign this we'll take care of you don't worry well you know who was taken care of Lamelo ball yeah. he got a new max extension this weekend could he lead the hornets to the playoffs next season what do you well, think, i hope Rich? so perk he is your new team and the will be right back no, no, no we're charlotte and, and it's houston houston's my new yeah, team houston's my new team watch out Shanae. yeah <laughs> mother's day is around the corner Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're watching NBA Today. 
Let's go coast to coast and check out some stories from over the weekend. DeMontis Sabonis, he agreed to a renegotiation and an extension that'll see him making $217 million over the next five years. Ramona, what's the ceiling for the Kings this year? Well, they were right there in that first-round series against the Warriors, and they're, bet they're betting on continuity mm. just like the Denver Nuggets did last year. What? What? No way! The Denver Nuggets got two healthy players back. That Sacramento King, that's their roster, and I do like it, though. I, I kind of like yeah, it. I like the other All right. What about LaMelo Ball? He's agreed in principle on a five-year designated rookie max extension, and that could be worth as much as $260 million with the Hornets. That's if he makes All-NBA perk. You see him making the playoffs this season? Absolutely not. I don't. But I love the sign and I love the money that he made. He earned every dime and good for the Hornets. They drafted him. He has a bright future, a high ceiling. I don't know if they have a high ceiling. I definitely don't see them getting in the playoffs. Hmm, interesting. Well, what about this? Dylan Brooks has agreed on a four-year $80 million you, contract. Dylan. Richard, I'm just going to get out of your way. Dylan Brooks, yes. Look, J.J. Reddick said it on his podcast the other day. Give me a Dylan Brooks on your team. For To me, I think while Dylan Brooks made some mistakes, I think it was a failure in leadership in the, in the Memphis organization. Lack of veterans around there. Lack of leadership, in my opinion. And it wasn't just with him. We saw it with other players. And these are just the things that we knew about. I want Dylan Brooks' competitiveness. And I do believe Ime Udoka will get rid of some of the fluff. In the they got BS. Uncle Jeff. Uncle yes, Jeff there. They, got, they got leader. This is, I love this. I think this team is playing at worst. Mm. Playing at worst. I think they're going to be battling for those playoff spots. I don't think they're going to make any noise, but they'll be battling. What do you think, Perk? What do you think of the moves that we have? My Houston Rockets. <laughs> I, no, nobody owns you. Like, nobody is sitting there running around Houston saying, yes, we, be, we belong to RJ or he's a fan. He's like, that's not happening me. in Houston. That is not happening in Houston. But – but, but here's the thing. I, I love it for Dylan Brooks. And, again, it goes back to what we kept saying all weekend long. They needed adults in the room, and they will battle every single night. I believe what Richard said, they will get into the play-in tournament. And guess what? This team needed culture. They got culture. This is a great starting point. And we have to remember, Dylan Brooks, before it was Desmond Baines and Jaron Jackson Jr. that we were talking about outside of John Morant, it was Dylan Brooks and John Morant that actually put the Memphis Grizzlies on the map when we first recognized them as one of the young, up and coming young teams. So good for him, fresh start, much needed and well-deserved bankroll. Uh, you know what, I'm happy for him too because he took a lot of criticism yeah. after the way last season ended with it, getting into it with LeBron and the Bear. And his agent put a tweet up and making fun of some of that. I think he tweeted in Chinese because everyone was talking about him like, having to go play in China after last year. He got $20 million a year. Yeah. Good, good for you, Dylan Brooks. Well, he is the type to move of... on and find yeah. a spot like that. Well, this is my thing, Dylan. This is my message to you. Yeah. You got lucky, bro. You got lucky. You're young. You're talented. You're a defensive guy. You're a big wing, and they're coveted. You've got to improve and mature, and you are in a great situation. Because to me, if you would have been quieter and kept and just kept doing your business, whether you didn't shoot the ball well or not, you would have gotten more money. So it cost you some. But I think this is a golden opportunity, and I think it let a lot of people know you got lucky here because the Rockets had cap space and they needed to spend that money. But if that wasn't the marketplace, it would have been a lot harder for you. So now you got a chance to be a veteran. This ain't no more party. Let's go be a veteran. Let's build these young guys up and support them. It's a golden opportunity for Dylan Brooks. I'm happy. I also for like 
Jeff Green signing there. The one year, yep. six million. Denver, mm -hmm. I think they, they never moved off a minimum for him. And so that's a, I think that's a loss for Denver and a real pickup there for the Houston Rockets because yeah. you, you talk about adults in the room. Yeah. Uncle Jeff is an adult. Yeah, he's 90 years old. <laughs> Uncle Jeff is going to be bald like me any day now. You've been bald since you were 20. I understand, 20, but I said like me any day now. If you ever see Jeff Green, he's got his hair poofed up and you can't see the little runway coming. But Jeff, I see it. Congratulations on the six million, bro. Happy for you. Hey, congratulations, champ. Happy for you, Jeff. That's exactly right. But I know it's balding, bro. I saw a clip that was circulating over the weekend of Jeff Green and he was coaching up Aaron Gordon and you could just see the way that he talks to Aaron Gordon yeah. the respect that AG had for oh. him in those sorts of moments. Bringing that to Houston along with the talent that they're adding. Fred Van Vliet to sort of run their offense. Dylan Brooks I think that he got a little bit of a bad rap. No, he didn't. End he deserved every bad, every deserved everything that he got. Mm -hmm. okay. And now he got his money. But and now he's got a chance. Now you right? got a chance. Yeah. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than be good. Coming up on NBA Today, do you guys remember when Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, they squared off in Summer League? No, I didn't watch Summer League. I didn't watch no Summer League the then. Either. Well, we're going to remind you what that looked like. A little top of the top, the best Summer League moments right now. Look at a hairline. Look at that one back there. <laughs> oh. Whoop. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to NBA Today. NBA Summer League, it tips off with the fifth annual California Classic. Richard Jefferson in Sacramento tonight. The Heat, the Lakers, 6 Eastern on E2. And then on ESPN, it's the Spurs and the Hornets. The number two pick, Brandon Miller, he will debut tonight. We're going to cap off our night with the Warriors and the Kings. I can't do this with Richard Jefferson today. He's the worst. He's the worst. Big perk. Help us before we kick off Summer League. Let's run back some of the best moments of all time. A little bit of top of the top Summer League edition. Y'all do not want to know what goes down. Oh, no, you don't. So we're going to start here with LeBron James. Orlando Summer League. Hey, look, Perk, I'm not yes. trying to stunt on you, but did I win the Boston Summer League in 2000? Yes, it's no big deal. There's it's no Boston flag. Summer League. Not anymore. Oh. Not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. Not anymore. There isn't. We're old. Orlando, ill. I'm glad we got rid of all that and just went to Vegas. There used Why to be like Orlando catching straight. There used to be like five you. summer leagues. You just there was, there was like like top volleyball, a little bit more recent. This is 2019. Zion Williamson, oh. his debut. It was short, but it was memorable. Y'all should have known about right. Knox right then, Knicks fans. Oh, I'm being you think that about Knox. Wow. Who else God. is it supposed to be about? Zion Williamson. Come on. Come on. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Tell me. If you don't give they should know the flex. I like well, the flex. We got JaVale McGee. What was this, 2010? Yo, Woo. that's a three-time champion I think Olympic gold medalist right there. I'd like to see it. Who is and that? JR. Well, oh, well, JR, yeah, he was. Oh, that was like his fourth swish. year in the league. They still had him down in Summer League. He was only 19. I'm telling you, Vegas Summer League used to be totally different. It was like a high school gym. And yeah, not anymore. Half the stands were filled. Now it's like you've got to buy tickets. We don't have Marco Bellinelli. Woo. Didn't he go for 40? Oh, and then. Who's this? Oh. Ooh, what a shot. 
Was that? that? Is that Kevin Durant? Oh, yeah, my goodness. That KD? Yeah. Is that Brandon Roy? Oh, who ooh, with the footback? Blake Oh, Griffin. no, no, no. That was, that was Beasley. We got to start getting some captioning on these bad boys because I can't see. <laughs> we'll, we'll get you glasses too, Rich. <laughs> That's Steph Curry. David Miller. Yep. Ooh. We got Dave. Ooh. Oh. Oh. I'll tell you what, I used to go to the Vegas Summer League and you could hear Clipper Daryl doing like, that's all right, you're going to like, you could hear him in the stands. There was nobody there. Yeah, well, now it's now. Loud. Saturday, though, on ESPN, we're going to have an exclusive announcement of the WNBA All-Star Game rosters. That's at 1 Eastern, followed by the WNBA Countdown team, who's going to get you set for the matchup between the Storm and the Liberty. That's at 2 o'clock Eastern. Hey, Malika, well, we're going to be back in 60 seconds. Pretty soon, yeah. Yeah, let's go! We got 60 more seconds. You're watching NBA Today. The countdown, it is on. We are just under three hours away from free agency. What could be the dominoes that fall first? So this is the... Somebody say apron? The whole league is watching Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard, they're still talking over there. What does that mean? Do the wind horse thing. I'm going to spin the wheel. <laughs> Let's go, Banner Black. <laughs> I want to hear what you have to say about it. When Chris Paul is in that corner, and now Draymond goes and dribbles hands off. From Rock City Pizza. Oh! He prefers a trade to the Miami Heat. Portland has to do right by day. You know you got Summer League coming up. Yeah, this, this you got to get this out the way. And now the buttons are unbuttoned. Your reaction here. Don't touch me. When they became his rock. Yesterday. We have about five minutes left, Richard. I know you're excited for the anime convention. Sometimes time. And right now it's time. time. I'm out. too much fun. All right, the top of the market has agreed to terms. Here are some of the remaining free agents on the market. It includes restricted free agents. You got P.J. Washington, Grant Williams, Matisse Thibel, as well as unrestricted free agent Christian Wood. So, Big Perk, I'm going to start with you here. We've got a lot of moving and shaking around the NBA this weekend, but which team do you think has had the best maybe under-the-radar moves here? The Clippers by getting Russell Westbrook back. That was that was underrated and good for them because we look, here's the thing. We we talk about health, but Paul George played his best basketball playing alongside Russell Westbrook in Oklahoma City. He didn't get an opportunity to do that. So get Russell Westbrook back at that number that they got him at and now we saw how he basically saved his career under Ty Lue, that was huge for the Clippers and flew under the radar, in my opinion. They didn't do much, but they did that. Getting him and Mason Plumlee was huge. See, for me, when I look at all of it, because, you know, it starts around the draft. to say like I, I clump all of this together, and for me, it's the Boston Celtics. Getting Porzingis, getting off of Marcus Smart, you know, moving oh. on from Marcus Smart. I, I, look, look, they tried to move on from Malcolm Brogdon. I'm really just kidding about all of this. This is purely <laughs> just a piss perk off. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I was like, this is so easy to mess with. No, and it just, just played this little puppet. I, I was like, I said, let me go let me let me go next. And how all about, of a sudden his face. How about this, Rich? No, What's been what? the biggest surprise of free agency? The so biggest far? surprise Don't to say me. The Celtics. No, no, no. I, I I won't say the biggest surprise to me was probably the D'Angelo Russell. Because okay. if you looked at his value when he had left Minnesota, his value was going to be a lot higher than what the Lakers got for. He didn't put uh, perform great. Great, but he did just enough, 
you know, to keep some interest up. So for him, he's got an opportunity to raise his value, play on the championship team. I want to see that from him. That was a surprise. I thought he was going to get more money. It worked out for the Lakers. I, I kind of like the Villanova Knicks now. Dante yeah, DiVincenzo. Find some winners. Mm. Yeah, joining Josh Hart there and, and Jalen Brunson. I love all those. We're going to be seeing that photo of them together. But I, I like what the Knicks did. I like what Indiana did. I think Indiana really took a step up with all of their moves. Um, Warriors going to be interesting. Corey Joseph. Uh, that's Chris Paul. That's yeah. not, losing Dante DiVincenzo is big for them, but I think they knew that was going to happen, and they've reinvented on the fly. So the move this weekend, they made me go, oh, that's nice. I mean, Eric Gordon, that, that yeah. was a nice Dude. pickup. For Congratulations. Uh, yeah. Perk, before we go, what are you putting on the grill for 4th of July, my friend? A cow. Uh, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, Ramona, you're invited to my house. Thank you. Thank, I just bought a whole <laughs> way too much food at Whole Foods. All right, everybody. We'll make so much for hanging with us today. <laughs> Enjoy your Fourth of July tomorrow. We're going to be taking the holiday as well, but we will see you We're right gonna get back out of here, here these guys on Wednesday.